Welcome to the Book Smarts Business Podcast. Conversations with business expert authors to learn about the author, their expertise, and to help you find your next read. And now, here's your host, best-selling author and CEO of Influence Network Media, Jody Brandsetter. Corey, welcome to the Book Smarts Business Podcast. I'm so excited to talk about both of your books, especially your newest book. But before we talk about the books, I want to know a little bit about you and what you do. Oh, well, Jody, first of all, thank you for having me on the podcast. I'm looking forward to talking with you, sharing yeah, my books with your audience. And, and for me, who I am, I'm a husband of 23 years. I have three kids. Our oldest is going to college here uh, very, very soon, here in a couple of weeks. So I'm an emotional guy. So I'll be crying my face off here in a couple of weeks. So I have an 18-year-old, a 14-year-old, and an almost 10-year-old. And so they are definitely a top priority of my life. And then as far as what I do on a day job. I was a corporate guy for 20 years, hired an executive coach. It changed my life. It sounds extreme and kind of like, yeah, whatever, but it did. It just made me a better father, husband, leader. So then I decided I want to do it for a living. So that's what I do. Executive coach. My passion is to help leaders win at work and win at home. And the reality is because I lost. I lost at home. I lost at work and I don't want any other leaders to do that. And so I help leaders through executive coaching, through speaking and through writing. And then you mentioned those two books. First one was Win a Home First, a little bit work-life balance. And then the second one, which I don't even like that word work-life balance. I'm sure we'll talk about that. But And then the other one is Rise and Go, which is about perseverance and persistence. So I started my entrepreneur journey about trying to be more focused on my family and have that, like you said, it's a horrible work-life balance. It's more of just being able to maybe be more self-aware of what you need as a person than just you as a business professional. That resonated with me because my vision was I needed to get out of corporate if I was going to be a good wife, a good mother, and a good professional, honestly. How was that transition for you going from corporate to an entrepreneur? Yeah, I think for me, I mean, I still have to check myself because I have just the same tendency, if not more, to overwork. And now the difference is I love my job. I wouldn't necessarily say I loved my job before. I did enjoy it, but man, I love my job. And so the hard part for me, Jody, if I'm not careful, it's I could work all the time. There's more LinkedIn posts to be made. There's more connections to have. There's more writing to do. So that idea of still figuring out how to put work in its right place so that I can be intentional with my family, so that I can make time and work out or hang out with buddies. That's what seems like it's even a bigger problem, if you will, now that I'm an entrepreneur versus corporate. I'll say that just for that listener who's like, oh, it's nice and rosy once you get to the entrepreneurial world. No, I mean, there are these temptations to work even harder because now I'm the provider for my family and I'm not waiting on a corporate check every two weeks kind of thing. But I do love it. I love what I'm doing. I'm loving the fact that I get invested in others. And then obviously there is is freedom. I mean, there's freedom to take Fridays off a lot easier than there used to be. There's freedom to take a couple weeks off. So, I mean, there's huge pros and cons, but getting to live more into my purpose is a huge win for sure. Yeah. It made me realize that it was always me pushing myself to do more and to be more. Cause I have the same thing. Like I, I think had this assumption that in corporate, I was kind of being forced in some way to work more hours, do more, do more. And then I became an entrepreneur and I was doing the same thing. Still, it was my mindset. It was something I had to shift personally. And yeah, I struggle with it every day myself, because I feel like there is also this corporate mentality that we were brought into the professional 
international world with that you work Monday through Friday and you need to get it done. So you have that. Then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I'm my own boss. I can do everything I want. I can say no, which is really cool. But then it's hard to say no, right? When you need to make money for your family. So there's all these like crazy mixed signals that you get as an entrepreneur. But yes, it is so nice to be able to say, you know what? I only do meetings from nine to three 30 because I want to drop my daughter off at the bus stop and I want to pick her up from the bus stop too. And I don't want to have meetings when she's home. Very powerful to be able to do that for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I echo that as well. One thing just to reinforce when he said is it starts with you. I mean, it starts with me, that corporate hustle. And I think so much of what we go about in our life starts with us. I mean, the book went home first. I mean, the first part is on you like understand your identity is not from corporate America. Understand your identity is not from your kids being amazing. Cause what happens if they're not amazing? Then you go crumbling. You know, it's not the value that your spouse gives you because they can't do that. I mean, they're a human as well. They got their bad days. And so, so much of it comes from us. We've got to get that you know kind of purpose within whether you believe in God or a greater purpose or whatever your overall thing is. I mean, that's where we've got to understand. It starts with us for sure. So I love that. So tell me, why did you decide to put author on your tagline? Why did you write the first book, went at home first, but then you went and did it again. Second book sometimes is harder than the first, I think, with Rise and Go. Yeah, well, I never thought I'd write a book, first and foremost. I'm a civil engineer by degree. I am a sales guy by career. I never thought I was going to write a book. And I am a faith guy. And so during some quiet times a few years ago, I just kind of felt I need to write a book. I need to share my story with others. The stories of, you know, kind of how I lost at home, how I did lose at work, but yet how I was able to recalibrate and get things fixed so that I'm a wife of 23 years. I've got great relationships with my three kids where we are very intentional. So I wanted to share that. And I wasn't necessarily being very obedient in my quiet times. And then over the next series of a few weeks, about every client says, you should write a book. You should share some of these tools and frameworks. So then I did. And I started to kind of do a blog here, a blog there. Then I kind of put together a whole bunch of blogs and it became the book went home first. So that was the first book was just basically share what helped me and just get it out there. And luckily, you know, it was received well which was fun. Then in 2020, I went all into coaching, March 2020, and then I got knocked down. I mean, just like the whole world got knocked down to some degree or another. But at that time, my business was 35% speaking. And on March 13th, which not that anyone wants to go down memory lane, but it was Friday the 13th. I mean, I'm not a big superstition guy at all, but I think it's so crazy. Friday 13th is when all those travel mandates came in. So my speaking engagements were canceled. And so 35% revenue gone overnight. And I was scared. I was frustrated. I was mad. I mean, you name it, I was it. And so I was in a valley. I was in a rut. And then so over the series of some weeks, I put together some content that was helping me, whether it was scriptures I was pointed to, whether it was guests on my podcast that had cool stories of perseverance, whatever it was, I started kind of accumulating this information. I then shared it with clients and it helped them as well. I was like, well, once it got battle tested by them, I was like, I want to put this in a book. So that became rise and go. It's this idea that we all get knocked down, but the great leaders get up quicker. And this is a resource to help you get up quicker the next time you get knocked down. Or as the great philosopher, Mike Tyson says, we all have a plan until we get punched in the face and we will get punched in the face again. Are there any tools or steps that a leader can do before they get punched in the face to help them be able to bounce back faster? Or is it something that once it hits, that's when, you know, there's items that they can really do to pick themselves up quicker? 
Yeah, I think both of them. I think there are proactive steps that we can do. Back in 2020, I mean, I'm not the first one to come up with this idea of a manifesto, reading the document daily, things like that. That's been going on. But in the back of the book, I put together Rise and Go Manifesto. It's an eight-part framework to use. And I've been using it for two years. And I read it a few times during the week. I've got clients that have customized theirs and they use it. And it's just a document that they're kind of reading. So I do think there's proactive things we can do. There's proactive things that kind of arm up using this manifesto. There's proactive things that we can do. Like I do three gratitudes a night. When I lay down in bed, I write the three things that I'm grateful for. And sometimes they're pretty big. Hey, I got a new client. Other times they're kind of small. Like, you know, we had tacos tonight for dinner, like kind of whatever it could be. But that's great proactive things that all leaders can do to minimize or reduce the frequency of getting knocked down. But then there's times where it's all blindsided. We get a phone call that someone's passed away. We got a key employee that maybe they're part of our succession plan, but they just left. They quit, you know, whatever it's going to happen. And then I think when that happens, you've got to kind of know where to go to get yourself back up. I was just talking to a client today and they had an awful day yesterday. I said, well, what did you do? And they said, I went to the dry I had to get some anger out. So for some people, it's a song, you know, put a song on, get to the gym, go walk outside, you know, read, make time for yourself, whatever it is. But we all need to kind of identify what are those tools that we need to pull out the ladder rungs to get out of that valley. Now, as a leader, obviously people who we are leading can also get knocked down. How can we as leaders help them? Is it knowing their song, knowing what's going to, you know, help motivate them? Or is there key things as a leader, I or someone should, you know, again, be ready to kind of help that employee who's getting knocked down? That's a great question. I think one step is obviously having empathy, you know, being aware. I mean, do you have the emotional intelligence to kind of tell, hey, they're in a bad mood or they're off today or they're not performing as opposed to just in your mind thing, they just got to suck it up. Hey, ha- have some empathy. We all have bad days and talk to them. I mean, do they need to take leave, you know, get a half day? Do they need some time off? Is it better if they work from home for a little bit? And if you see it get going for a little bit, maybe share some of this work for you. Hey, I've seen you've been down and I was down a few years ago and I started writing down three things I'm grateful for. And, you know, the reality is, Jody, especially on that idea of gratitude, what we focus on, we tend to see more of. Just like four-door Jeep. I love four-door Jeeps. I think they're great. I don't have one, but it seems like everyone else in the city has one because I see a lot of them. But even like in a marriage, if I think my wife's going to be annoying, like that's just this posture I'm taking. If I go home, she could say 10 things. If one of them's annoying, I'm going to be like, yep, I knew it. I knew she's going to be annoying today because what we're kind of focused on, we're going to find more up. So if we can shift it and start to find the things we're grateful for, it just changes our posture because we're all going to have crappy days. Every day, we all have something bad happen. We get cut off in traffic. The prospect says no, the client quits. We all have bad days, but do they consume you or are you able to kind of brush them off? Just let you know, if we see three Jeeps, it's Jeep day in our family. Jeep day. Um, Yes. So then we just say happy Jeep day. Like oh, every there you time. Go. Do you guys Jeep. have a Jeep yourself? No, no. This is just something my seven-year-old was obsessed with Jeeps when she was five. And so at first it was like one Jeep and it was like, happy Jeep day. And then all of a sudden we're like, we have to see three. <laughs> so then we like made the standard a little bit higher, but it's a pretty guarantee that you're going to see three Jeeps for some reason in Cincinnati. It's crazy. I don't know oh, what gosh, happened, yeah. but it's, there's a boom of Jeeps here. Yes, absolutely. And I love that you talk about empathy because that's something that I talk about a lot too, is how important it is to understand 
understand someone else's perspective, if you're really going to be able to provide a service or to help them in some way, it is about empathy. And I liked the coaching part too, like being able to say, Hey, I think you're looking down. This is what helped me. So I think a lot of times as leaders, we don't always want to provide personal stories or, you know, things that have happened to us with our employees, but if it can help them, it's so powerful. And like one thing I've been talking about a lot right now is just actually looking at your employees and saying, how are you? And if they say, fine, be like, no, really, how are you doing? Like actually showing that you want to know (laughs) what's going on with them. Because a lot of times we just allow that I'm fine and walk away and we don't dig a little bit deeper, go a little bit farther in the layers to see like truly what's going on so that you could help them or coach them or be there for them. I love that. I love that question. How are you? And then a follow-up is, you know, how can I help? Or what could I do that would help you? And even have them say something like, well, I need to leave at four today. Go pick up my kid or whatever it's going to be. But yeah, just that posture of empathy, man, it can definitely open the doors. And I mean, I know there's going to be a leader listening right now. Well, what if they abuse it? Or what if it goes on for months? I mean, if it goes on for a long time, yeah, let's have a conversation. I mean, it's truth and grace. I mean, we got to have some grace, but there's some truth that they just can't abuse the system, you know? And And we got to figure out how to help them through it. Yeah, but I think it also ties that if you do have grace and you do support them, they actually usually are more productive. They want to be a part of that organization. They refer more people to your organization. There's so many positives that come out with giving grace that the 5% who are going to take advantage of it, it's worth it. It's worth doing it so that you get some of those big wins for you and your organization. Well, before we hit record, we talked about you're heavily involved in HR, so you could probably run laps around me with different statistics. But one statistic that I came across and used in a couple of different talks was, I mean, there was a survey done by 7,000 people that left, you know, in the last couple of years. And of those 7,000, 85% left because they didn't feel recognized. They didn't feel noticed. And people are just tired of it. It's like, I'm tired of working for a paycheck just for that. You know, I want purpose. I want the people around me to notice me. And I want to feel part of a team. I want to feel like we're all on the same ship going towards, you know, a beacon of light. And so anyways, you're exactly right. All of us as leaders, as spouses, as parents, we have to just take notice and we get our eyes out of our phone, get our eyes out of our laptop and just engage and spend time with those that are in our orbit. Now talking about getting in front of people, have you seen a shift where you're starting to be able to go places and speak or has your business plan completely changed since 2020 that the speaking part isn't as big in your business now? Speaking is coming back. I mean, I did make changes. So that's fantastic. That allows me to take on more capacity because uh, I made some changes and, and added some new coaching programs that are helpful. But no, speaking's back. I mean, last week I was in Minneapolis, had a big keynote talking about the book, Win a Home First and talking to 80 leaders in a room about how to win at work, win a home. This week, right now, as we speak, I'm in Northern Ohio because I got a speaking event tonight and then I got one in the morning, which is fantastic. So people are just hungry to get back out, which is fun because I like talking and I like sharing. The one challenge I have at different times Jody was speaking is because we've all seen speakers. We all take notes maybe during the talk and we put them on a shelf or they're on our phone and we never look at the file again. And the thing that my coach used to say that I say it a lot is information plus implementation leads to transformation. So as an author, I mean, I've got two books out there. Well, people read them, but they don't implement anything. They're not going to change. And so I think just 
for a listener to this podcast, if there's something I've said or Jody said that's just kind of triggered something, take action on it, whatever that is. I think that's one of the hardest things, right? Is to take the action, to be like, Mm -hmm. I'm now going to use what I just learned. But if you do that more often than not, again, you're going to be able to increase your professional development, become a better spouse, be a better parent. You know, I think that's the one thing is, is if we as a society can be more curious and more willing to explore and learn, the more we're going to be able to do better for ourselves and well as the future generations. Absolutely. I love the word curious. I love just that mindset of being curious and our way is probably not the right way or the only way. Or just find out, right? I mean, I literally have just gone through this like moment of truth of like, you know what? I'm only going to hire people who are curious. Like I'm going to figure out, are you a curious person? Because I need people who are willing to think outside the box or willing to research without always just asking someone for the answer. Because that's what makes a company thrive is having people who are willing to check things out or willing to, you know, do demos of new technology because it's going to improve their systems and their capabilities versus we're just going to use the same thing as always. Have you found a silver bullet question to figure out if they're curious or not? Not yet. Like I literally just came through this revelation of this is what I, I'm going to do. Now it's okay. And we're not hiring right now. So it's like, now I need to figure out how do I find that? Like, how do I actually figure that out through a hiring process? Yeah. That's the next thing. So Corey, once I have it, I'll share it with the world so that sure, anyone sure. else- Yes. Question that comes to mind for me right now is because I've asked this before, but in light of everything you're saying, is like, what are you learning? I mean, if you have an interview guest, like, what are you learning? I mean, if they are not reading books, if they're not listening to podcasts, I mean, if they're not stretching and growing, then they've got a fixed mindset. They don't have a growth mindset. They love what they know and they're good with it. So I think just what are you learning is enough to open the door. And then from there, just your intuition will allow you to go down a path to figure out is this legit or they just named the top two books that are out there. I think there's also a yes and with that, which is who are you connecting with? Like that's something that we in HR always talk about how we in HR don't connect unless we are looking for a job. And that's horrible. That's the worst mindset to have when you're wanting to find a new job just in general, but it's bad to not stay connected to people who either are in the same industry or are connected to your industry so that you can learn from them too. So I think it's twofold. Ask that question, like, how are they learning? Mm -hmm. How are you connecting? Are you talking to people outside of your organization or are you pigeonholed into, I'm only talking to people in my organization right now. I'm not spreading my wings. Yep. It's good. Well, Corey, I've loved this conversation and I probably could continue this conversation, but I do try to keep this close to 15 minutes as possible. So thank you so much for being a part of the podcast. Before we leave, what is the best way for people to connect with you and where can they buy your books? Well, thank you very much. Best place is website, Corey, C-O-R-Y-M, as in Michael, Carlson.com. So CoreyMCarlson.com. I'm active on LinkedIn. And then Amazon has a paperback and ebook for both books. And then I've done the Audible for Winning at Home First. I have not been into the studio yet to do the Audible for Rise and Go, but it's coming. Great. We'll put all of that in the episode notes. Corey, thank you so much for being a part of the Book Smarts Business Podcast. Thank you very much for the opportunity. 
Thanks for listening to the Book Smarts Business Podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the show and share this episode with a friend. In the meantime, join our business author community where you can connect with other business authors and learn about becoming an author at authors.influencenetworkmedia.com. Until next time.